0: Haggai chapter one. Now, as I was saying to Jack earlier, that's in the clean part of our Bibles. Um, actually, it's an advantage, isn't it, for those with electronic Bibles. They just need to put in the first letters, H A G G whatever. Um, just as as a help. Because if you're like me, usually in the in the minor prophets I'm flicking through and hoping it suddenly arrives. It's the third from the last of the Old Testament books, okay? That's Malachi, Zechariah, and Haggai, as you work backwards from the end of the Old Testament. If you're using the pew Bibles uh, in front of you, few Bibles, uh, it's page 948 and 949. Uh, can I suggest if you do use electronic Bibles, if there is a Bible in front of you, on the chair in front of you, I think it would be of help to you to see the, be able to see the whole chapter uh, together at one, uh, maybe a bit easier than scrolling through verse by verse. Haggai chapter 1. Uh, just before I read the chapter, let me uh, just give a little bit of uh, where we are at. In the story of God in this. Uh, Drew some weeks ago and before we started our series in Nehemiah gave us a a good history lesson through to see where Nehemiah fits and I'm not going to go through that again but just very quickly we're a little bit before Nehemiah here. We're nearly 80 years before Nehemiah came uh, when we're in Haggai chapter 1. The people of God had been exiled to the land of Babylon. Jerusalem has been destroyed. The temple of God has been destroyed. That wonderful building of great magnificence with fame and splendor to all the nations as it's described. Absolutely destroyed. And they were taken off. And for 70 years they lived as slaves and such in Babylon. And then when... King Cyrus came, God inspired King Cyrus to let the Jews go back to rebuild the temple. Now, of all the millions of Jews that were there in Babylon, there were only 50,000 of them that were wanting to go back to rebuild this temple for the praise of God, for the worship of God. Um, And these, I I presume these 50,000 that went back were people who wanted to honor God. They went back to Israel, back to Jerusalem, and they started to rebuild that temple. Started with an altar, first of all, so they could offer sacrifices. And that was exciting for them. And then the foundations for the temple were made. When the foundations were finished, they had a time of celebration. Trumpets went. Praises were sung. What a wonderful thing. The foundations are there, ready to start rebuilding the temple of God. But it wasn't all exciting for everyone. There were some there, older people, who could remember back to the old temple as it was in Jerusalem. And this new temple, they could see even from the foundations, wasn't going to be as big, wasn't going to be as magnificent. Where's all the gold? Where's all the, 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 the good wood from Lebanon? <clears throat> where's all this silver? Where's, all the, where's the Ark of the Covenant? Let alone the Shekinah glory of the Lord. And it saddened them. It discouraged them. This was going to be nothing like the temple that they remembered. And then opposition came. First of all, from false friends, and then enemies. And eventually a letter went back to the king of uh, Babylon who was not Cyrus anymore. Now it's Artaxerxes. He sent the letter. You're not to rebuild Jerusalem. And so the rebuilding of the temple stopped. Now it was interesting. I found it interesting to note they weren't told to stop rebuilding the temple. They were told to stop Rebuilding the city. But they had gone back to rebuild the temple. But with the discouragements, with the opposition, and with, well, they were settling back into the land now, and they had their own lives to live. The building of the temple stopped. For 14 years, I imagine the weeds growing up around those foundations. The work stopped. 14 years and then we come to Haggai chapter 1. God speaks. Let's read the chapter together. (coughs) In the second year of King Darius, we've got a third king now. It's not only Cyrus and then Artaxerxes and now Darius in Babylon. In the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come for the Lord's house to be built. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your panelled houses, while this house remains a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but have harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You put on clothes but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains, bring down timber and build a house so I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see... It turned out to be little. What you brought home I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house which remains a ruin while each of you is busy with his own house. Therefore because of you the heavens have withheld their dew, and the earth its crops. I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains on the grain the new wine. The oil and whatever the ground produces on men and cattle and on the labor of your hands. Then Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. And the message of the prophet Haggai, because their Lord their God had sent him, and the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. They came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God on the 24th day of the sixth month in the second year of King Darius. I wonder if you noticed in that twice God says those words, give careful thought to your ways. I've got my pieces of paper and need some help here. Harry, would you help? Um, Maybe Jacob, would you? to make sure everyone gets a copy. Thank you very much. Give careful thought to your ways. The emphasis there is your ways. And it's God speaking to his people. And He, the word isn't there, but he's really saying, stop, consider. Stop whatever's happening in your life. He says, give careful thought. Thank you very much, Jake. appreciate that. Thank you. Give careful thought to your ways. Think about them. Meditate on them. Work on, just find out what is actually happening in your life. Give careful thought to your ways. God reminds his people, your ways haven't satisfied you. He reminds them, you've planted much, but your harvest has been little. You eat, you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You put on clothes, they're not, they don't warm you. You earn wages, and they, they disappear. Your ways don't bring a satisfaction. There's still more. There's still more needed. You're still going on your ways. You expected much, but it turned out to be little, God says. You thought your ways would would work out to your advantage and you expected much but actually it turned out to be little. And then God turns to their relationship with him. He says, Your ways have not pleased me or honoured me. His house, God's temple Which was for his pleasure and for his honor. Was not being built. Your ways are not thinking of my pleasure or my honor God says. And therefore I have held back my blessing. God makes that very clear to these people. When we read down there in verse 10. Because of you the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. I called for a drought. These are not just things that happened. God says, I stopped the blessing. I've held back the blessing that I want to give to you. Because your ways are not about pleasing me and honoring me. And then as I as would hear these words. And the first thought possibly would come, the excuses come. Maybe they would remember the persecution. Maybe they would remember the discouragement. Maybe they would remember the, the letter from the king that told them to stop building Jerusalem that was used as an excuse too to stop building the temple. And they'd say, well, that's right, but now's not the right time. This is not the right time for building the house of God. Timing's not right. How often we can use this excuse ourselves. The timing's not there. God gives his timing in verse 8. He says, go build my house. Go up that mountain. Get that wood. Go build my house. It's encouraging to read the response of the people. Three things I noticed at the end of verse 12. They obeyed the voice of the Lord. They heard the voice of the Lord speaking. And they obeyed it. They obeyed the message that came. Not just the voice of the Lord, but the message that came from the Lord through Haggai. They obeyed it then it says, and the people feared the Lord. That hadn't happened for a long time. I'd almost forgotten these. These were not bad people. These were the people of God, the ones who had been willing to leave Babylon, to travel all that way and to rebuild his temple. But somehow things hadn't gone in God's way. They were following their ways. As soon as they obeyed, and you notice that as soon as they obeyed, then God had another word for them. I'm with you. He wasn't telling them, you get on with it on your own. He says, I'm with you. When you're obeying, I'm with you. And not only that, but he stirred up their spirit. He got them excited about the project. He got them going in it. He got them looking for the pleasure and honour of God. He stirred up the spirits of every single person. He didn't leave one of them out. And they began to restore the house of the Lord. God's message to the people. Good history lesson. We now know what God was saying to his people there way back in, whatever it was, 500 odd BC. Is God speaking today through his word? Is that why he has us here? Has God a word for us? Is today the day that God is saying to us, give careful thought to your ways? We know it's not about building a physical temple. This building is not the temple of God. This is not the house of the Lord. We know today the temple of God is within us. Do you not know your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit whom you have received, who lives in you? You're not your own. You're bought with a price. So honor God with your body. The temple of God the Holy Spirit. God's message to us this morning very much, I'm aware, to myself, first of all last night, and to all of us this morning. Give careful thought to your way temple of God, our lives as we live them. Give careful thought to those lives, your ways. Have they satisfied you? Or is it still more? Whether that's the work or the family or the leisure or the health or whatever it is. Your ways in organising your life and living your life, have they satisfied? God would tell us, you haven't been satisfied. You're not there. Your dreams, your thoughts of where you would be, you're not there. Your ways have not satisfied you. You expected much, but the struggle's still there. It turned out to be little writer to Proverbs 14 tells us there's there's a way that seems right to a man but in the end it leads to death. Our ways, it seems so right to us how we live our lives as a temple of God the Holy Spirit. We expect much of our ways they turn out to be little. Do our ways bring pleasure to God? Do they honor him? Does that even come into the question as we live our lives day by day by day by day? Or is it our ways? We've got it sorted or we're trying to get it sorted. God says, is it lived for my pleasure? Are you honoring me in your lives, in the temple? That is your life that is being built. That temple which is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. Is God the Holy Spirit living in that temple please? Is he honored? God would say I have held back my blessing. It's not something that we actually like to think of often. If we were to start to think, well, if things are a struggle or there's difficulties or there's problems or whatever, it's, it's not because necessarily there's sin in my life or I'm not living the right way. No, it's not necessarily that. But as we read God's word, we find it often is. It's often because we're living our ways and not living as a temple. For the pleasure and honour of God. And maybe we haven't realised it. But God's blessing is being held back from our lives. I don't think the people back in Haggai's time realised what was happening. Life was hard as they tried hard to work their way. To sort it out as they felt best. But it, the blessing wasn't there. I don't think they even noticed it until God spoke and said, I've been holding back the blessing. I've wanted blessing in your life, but I've been holding it back. I'm the one who has allowed these difficulties, these problems, these hard times, because your ways have not been for my pleasure, for my honor. Again in Proverbs, in his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord is the one who determines his steps. We often talk of the sovereignty of God. Yes, God is sovereign over all. Yes, he is. Even in those difficult times, and often they can be. Because we're living our ways rather than for his pleasure and his honor. That those difficulties are brought by God. It's not the dumb thing to talk like that in a sense. But that's why God says, give careful thought to your ways. How you are living your life. How that temple is being built or not being built. Give careful thought your ways if God is speaking this morning again maybe it's the same thing that will come to our hearts we think well yes maybe I do need to stop consider give careful thought and look at whether my life is a life about bringing pleasure and honour to God but now is not the right time Life is busy at the moment. My work is busy. My my family is busy. The holidays are just over. Now is not the right time. I will get down to it. These people had always intended to rebuild that temple. They hadn't given up on it, but now is not the right time. God's word comes. Go. Paul, as he writes to the church in Corinth, he writes these words, We urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. You receive God's grace. You're thankful for God's grace. And then empty back. We urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, God says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. In the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you now is the time of God's favor. Now is a day of salvation. Often this verse is quoted to those who are not yet saved. Now is a day of salvation. In fact, just recently... Um, I quoted it myself in a gospel message. But this is actually written to the church in Corinth. God says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. I helped you in the day of salvation. Now, God says, is a time of my favor. Now is when I want the blessing. I want to give you that blessing and not to hold it back anymore. Go build my house. Jesus' words in Luke 9, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself. Deny his ways, if you like. He must take up his cross daily and follow me. He goes on to say, and sometimes again, these words are so often used with non-believers, but Jesus was speaking to all the people here, including the disciples. He says, if you want to save your life in your ways, you'll lose it. But whoever loses his life for me, he says, will save it. Our ways, my ways, are God's ways. We saw the response of the people of God to that message from the Lord. I highlighted the three things. They obeyed the voice of the Lord. Is God speaking this morning? Do you hear his voice this morning? Is he speaking into hearts? Are there some here? Maybe many here, maybe few. Are there some that God, you've heard his voice? These people obeyed when they heard his voice. And it wasn't just his voice knowing that he, God was speaking to them. They knew it was God that was speaking. But God had a message for them. And they heard that message. And they obeyed the exact message that God gave. It wasn't just that they started to Think about God. They obeyed the very specific message that God gave to them through his prophet Haggai. That was a quick response. Why was that? How were they that they obeyed so quickly? Well, it goes on the third thing that is said there. They feared the Lord. They feared the Lord. When we come to give careful thought to our ways, that's one of the questions that we must ask. Do I fear the Lord? Do I humble myself before him? Do I repent to him of my ways? Do I beg for his favor, for his blessing as I obey him? They feared the Lord. I just wonder, and within my own heart as well, it was one of the things that challenged me. Do I fear the Lord? Humble yourselves before the Lord. And then he will lift you up. The humbling comes first. The repentance comes first. The considering our ways and turning from our ways to his ways comes first. And then the blessing. He lifts us up. And when that fear of the Lord, that obedience to his message comes, then just as quickly the Lord says, I'm with you with you. Now's the time but I'm with you. I find that so encouraging how quickly God was in there with that encouragement for them. You're not on your own in this. I'm with you. And We also read about God stirring their spirits. God's own spirit within us will encourage us, will teach us, will guide us, will help us Will will be will comfort us. Will be there in every respect to stir us up as we obey the message that God has for us. And They began restoring the house of the Lord. It's the house of the Lord laden in the midst of wheat. For a long time? Am I ready to start rebuilding? He's with me. If I obey, seek the Lord while He may be found, call on Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Give careful thought to your ways, says the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we hardly know what to pray. As we hear your message to us this morning, we're conscious that we do need your presence and your help. Father, I pray that this morning, as hearts turn to you, having heard your voice and heard your message, of turn in humility and repentance and obedience to you that they will know the comfort and strength of your presence and your leading by your spirit. Oh Father I pray that you will do a work in our hearts today that will bring day by day pleasure to you and honour to your name. We ask this Father in Jesus' precious name.